You are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Shore. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good, and we have good in abundance today. You will be mesmerized. You'll be on the edge of your seats because you have tuned in, as you know, consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host, and you tuned in for one reason and one reason only, and it's the best reason. You tuned in because you cared the most in the entire world about you, Y-O-U-E-W-E, and that's great, because when you're the best you, you can create a better world for all of us. You create more harmony, more bridges between people. You create more joy, happiness, peace, and love, and you know that on this show, we discuss the three fundamentals of life. And these three fundamentals are, number one, life. Your life has purpose. Number two, if you lead a purpose-driven life, you can go MAD. Now, in this case, MAD is a wonderful acronym that stands for make a difference. You lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference. And the third fundamental is to uncover and unlock the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms. Simple as example, this show is being carried over the internet, and you are joined right now by approximately 349 9,811 people around the world over this magical, mystical platform called the internet. If you've asked anybody, what does WW stand for? Invariably, it has to do with the internet. Factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for what a wonderful world. <laughs> what is a word, right? So what happens when you live with the three fundamentals of life? Remember, life has purpose, make a difference, and uncover the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. You will be happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? That's the promise of this show. And today, especially, you're going to hear from two of the most talented people that you ever have the opportunity of listening to. And as we discuss a topic is germane to every person on the planet, probably more so to people in the United States of America, but the United States of America is the tip of the spear when it comes to what's happening in the rest of the world vis-a-vis societal trends. This is really, now you don't have to take any notes, just lean in and let the conversation come to you and be transformed by the powerful voices you're going to be hearing. Because everything that you need is going to be available on our website, barryshore.com, B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E. Just go there and all the information about these two remarkable women and what they do and how they do it will be available there. So just lean in and let the information transform you as you listen to what we're talking about, saving our society. And when we talk about that, I'm going to give you an interesting answer to something. Talk about the power of words. So when I usually discuss uh, the Barry Shore story, we have um, somewhere between 320, 300,000, 30, 
330,000 people coming every week. And thank God you're asking your friends to come. So we'll be over 360,000 before the end of the show. And it's really important to know that this show is built on not my story, your story, because again, it's all about you. But people like to hear the story. So when I speak to large groups, and before COVID, it was done face to face. Now it's done through the internet. But I tell the story of Barry Shaw. The imagine this: standing up in the morning, Halen Hardy, able to leave buildings in a single bound, and that evening being in the hospital, totally, completely paralyzed. And it's not from an automobile accident. It's not a spinal injury. A rare disease took over my body. I never heard of it. They were, and rendered me called a quadriplegic. Nothing on my body moved. Completely, totally paralyzed. 144 days in the hospital. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years. I couldn't turn over by myself. I was four years in a wheelchair. I had braces on both my legs, my hips, my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to be vertical and with the help of a seven-foot walking wand. So I'm a tripod. tripod. I still keep stare by myself, a camera by myself, and I've helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week, but you hear my voice, positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, and it's all because of one word, one word, and that word is SMILE, because <laughs> SMILE is an acronym that stands for Seeing Miracles in Life Every Day. So when I tell the story with people and people are saying, hey, Barry Shaw, Barry Shaw, I've been up for hours, right? I'm seeing the miracles, and I ask them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you see? Can you stand? I can't. Can you walk? Do you have water to drink, food to eat, places to sleep, family, friends? All of those are miracles. And what's the proof? Simplest proof of all. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. If you're watching this, listening to it, by definition, you're here, you're alive. If you're alive, you have an obligation to live exuberantly. Let's take a quick story before I continue and bring up. Uh, eight-year-old niece comes over to me a couple of weeks ago and she says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? And I thought about it. Smile, smile, sounds the same. Why not? And I asked her, how come? Because she says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles everyday life. <laughs> I don't know, babes, isn't that wonderful? What was she doing, though? Know? She was creating the kind of world she wants to live in. Create is a great acronym that stands for causing the thinking and enabling all to excel. Neurolinguistic program, causing rethinking. We all have, thank God, you have a brain. Your brain is a hundred billion brain cells. You have 120 trillion synapses connecting those cells in the world and deciding what kind of latte you want this morning. The ability to use your mind to create the kind of world we want to live in. We need to do this together today, more so than ever before. But before we bring on these two wonderful, amazing women, I do have to warn everybody in advance that I do use a lot of four-letter words. I even use the four-letter F-U word because it's fun and the shock value. Now, four-letter words that uh, because we live in the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, four-letter words I use are love, life, hope, grow, free, gift, swim, pray, play. All four-letter words. Use four-letter words. And the F-U four-letter word is fun. F-U, capital N, capital N. Right away, people say, Barry Shaw, Barry Shaw. But it's only spelled with three letters, not in our world. The world of the purposeful, powerful, and blessed. 
Fun is spelled F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, and you see you and your friends, you have a twinkle and a smile on your face. And with that stance, we point to F-U, everybody. Remember to add right away, capital N, capital N. I say, where did you get that? I say, I listen to Barry Shore and the Joe Living. He wants to teach the world to F-U, capital N, capital N. It's a pathway to living in joy and fun in life. So before we bring on these two amazing people, I'm going to urge everybody to do the following. I'd like you to use two most powerful words in the English language three times a day from now and for the rest of your life, consciously and conscientiously. And these two words are, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Dan. So to harmonize and network kindness, to harmonize and network kindness. The Dalai Lama has been quoted as saying, it written his writing, be kind whenever possible. And as he said, it's all possible. So imagine going back into the coffee shops, you walk in, you order a fancy latte for $5, you sit down, someone brings it to you. You say, thank you. You walk in the coffee shop, you order a fancy latte for $5, a few minutes go, and nobody brings it to you. You go to the counter and say, oh, I'm sorry, we forgot, we're busy. We'll bring it to you. You sit down, a couple more minutes go by, still somebody brings it to you, you say, thank you. You're walking into the, into, uh, out of the coffee shop and it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop. It's raining and somebody slams the door on you. You say, thank you. You're in traffic. You're late for an appointment. Somebody cuts you off and you say, thank you. Get up in the middle of the night and you stub your toe and it hurts. You say, right away, thank you. To harmonize and network kindness. Kind stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. There are no two people that I can think of who keep inspiring noble deeds for me and for you than these two amazing beings named Hami and Leslie. Please say a huge hello to 353,722 people around the world. Hello. How was that for an introduction, kids? You love that? That was great. Fantastic. These are, when was the last time anybody ever said F you to you and you smiled? Oh, I'll say, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell everybody, if I talk telling everybody the background of Hami Haber and Leslie G. Klein, it will take up the rest of the show. So I won't give you all the details, but suffice it to say that Hami and Leslie are highly educated and educating women that's what they do they educate people in the in the ways of living successfully raising families that care raising children that care and teaching others to value what it means to live in a holistic way in life now they are labeled, and we're going to call them that for, for now because it's important that everybody around the world understands this. They are Orthodox Jewish women. Now it happens to be somebody might be scratching their head in India and say, Orthodox Jewish women. I think I may have heard of it. Oh, did I see something on Netflix about that? Well, that was a different kind of answer. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons I asked Hami and Leslie to be on is to make sure that whatever you think you know about Orthodox Jewish women, you don't. They're here not to give you another perspective, but to give you the true perspective of what it means to be a woman, a mother, a teacher, a daughter, a parent, and a loving 
wife in an atmosphere in today's environment, unfortunately, that tends not to value these things. So I'm going to say a number of statistics, uh, but let's just suffice to say, if you'd be so kind, Leslie and Hami, I may just say between the two of you, we have what, nine, 10 children? I got six. Hi, Sorry? Hi. Yep, we're at 10. Right, we're at 10. So I want everybody also to have their eyes pop out and their, and their minds be expanded because in today's environment, that is highly unusual. But here's why. It's highly unusual because the society that I grew up in, I'm older than both of you combined. <laughs> I'm 72 chronologically. And most of our listening audience is under the age of 38. So the important thing is to know that when I was growing up, children were considered a benefit. So to have a larger family was something wonderful. In today's environment, it's just the opposite. Matter of fact, children are looked upon as an expense rather than a benefit and a con contribution. But when we live in our world, as I am as well, I'm an Orthodox Jewish man, not an Orthodox Jewish woman. As we live in our world, we live in a world that values these three things. And then we'll ask Kami and Leslie to speak to these points. Number one, that there is a creator. We call God. Uh, many people have different names, but the creator. Number two, there, there is something called the Sabbath, the ability to have one particular period of time every week that enables the family to get together and to do things as a family unit, as well as encouraging each other to live well, is an essential part of being successful, as these two women are, highly successful in everything they do. And number three, something we call the laws of family purity, which means the ability to know that we don't allow our senses to just allow us to go wherever they want, that we live within a code of honor that values honesty, integrity, and life. So with that as an introduction, I won't go into the dystopian issues that uh, raised by the person we want to discuss from the article in the New York Times. But I'd like if we we would, Tommy, would you be kind enough to just begin the process of speaking to the idea of being an educator, being a mother, being a wife, <laughs> uh, being the head of a community, and what all of those different duties entail and allow you to live with a smile on your face and not be bothered. Look, look at her. That's right. And then say, ah! All the stress. How do you do it, Kami? Honestly, I love it. And when you know what they say, when you love what you do, when you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. I, I, nothing lights me up like connecting with people and helping people connect to themselves, to other people, to God. So I love it. So yeah, it gets stressful. And there are days where I'm like, ah, but <laughs> most of the time we got it all together. <laughs> and it really, I get, I get so much out of it personally. And I, I just, I love doing what I do. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm going to talk about stress in just a moment. I'm going to give you two acronyms, but Leslie, and again, in addition to everything else, Leslie is a PhD, but uh, we won't hold that against her. Uh, <laughs> and she's the head of a, of a, a woman's school. Uh, so what is it that you do that, enables you to keep smiling on your face with kids 
and husband and family and school and people constantly asking you and looking towards you. And you're on, you're on a pedestal in a way, right? Isn't that true? I don't know if I would say that. I, I think that some of the challenges that I face, that Hami, I'm surprised to be here, that you face, they are to a great extent universal to working mothers. I mean, that's a challenge across the board to balance work life and home life. And especially in a culture, like you said, that's that's not a workplace that is sometimes friendly to motherhood, other times not so friendly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be in a job where if I'm leaving school to go to my daughter's school play in the middle of the workday, I don't have to lie and say I have a doctor's appointment. <laughs> um, many, I'm lucky to have that kind of job. Many women do have to lie. Men and women have to lie because, you know, to say you're going to a doctor's appointment is like an acceptable reason to leave work. But for some reason, to say you want to be there for your child is not, and, and that is in many ways a sad reality. Um, do I have the secret to balancing, smile on your face, do I have the secret to balancing work and home life? No, I have 20 balls flying in the air at any given moment, and sometimes they fall, and I'm, you know, keeping it together by a thread. <laughs> okay, okay I, I want to do a riff on what you said and unpack something, because you brought up something really, in my humble opinion, vital and important, and it's something that I cannot talk about. What's the simple reason I can't talk about it? I ain't a mother. Now, they're fine. I can speak as a father, and I can speak as a husband. Uh, my, my wife would be better to speak with, but I think you make a re remarkably important point. In the environment, the workplace today is probably, not probably, is far more friendly to women than it was a decade, two decades, three decades ago. That's a given. It is still antithetical to motherhood because as the friendliness to women happened, it was to woman, not mother. And uh, for good or ill, I think it's mostly ill, younger women today are not embracing motherhood. Again, we're talking outside of the Orthodox Jewish community or outside of um, religious communities, Christian, Muslim, Baha'i, whatever it is. Outside of those unique, smaller groups, the bulk of women are not embracing motherhood as something that is a sacred or something that, gee, I'd like to do that because it interferes with progress in career, let's say. In other words, like you said, balancing becomes something interesting. And you gave, you did it purposely. You did this with the balls in the air. So when I speak to groups, I try to emphasize the word harmony rather than balance. And I tell you why. Uh, I've tried to juggle many times. Okay, I can. <laughs> I can do, I can do two, sometimes three. And I, I just do can't do the rhythm. But if you speak, and I have friends who are very accomplished jugglers. When you speak to a juggler who's accomplished, he or she will tell you right away that once you know how to master three, you can master six, eight, 10, 12, even a buzzsaw. And dropping one doesn't say, oh, I dropped it. I missed something. 
It just says, okay, I know how to pick it up. Some they, they can pick it up with their foot. They can do bend down. I mean, people can do all kinds of stuff. So you don't ever worry about dropping one. That's where the the the, the greatness of it. I say, again, I am praising Hami and Leslie. I'm embarrassing them a bit, but that's where they are in terms of accomplishment. They have gone to the point where if they drop, not a kid, but they drop one of the things they're doing, they don't stress out over it because they know it's something that they can work with and learn from. Am I correct on that? In other words, you see things happening like that as a benefit to say, okay, what can I do better? I'm putting words in your mouth, but is that I, true? I, know, I don't stress out a lot. <laughs> 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 I, I think there's a, I mean, I would say that there's definitely kind of like a big picture and a big picture that, that I try to keep in mind. That doesn't mean that when something crazy happened at the office, when, I was trying to leave and now I'm like racing to hit carpool on time, that it's not stressful. It's still stressful, but it doesn't right. mean that, that on any level, it's not worth it. Oh, I, mean, this I, is I wouldn't change my choice. That That's two different things. It is stressful. Trying to balance is stressful. I want to tell you, there's always the, the most stressful weeks of the year are the weeks where I'm working, but my kids are on vacation. Right. <laughs> those times I say from the start of the week, I'm going to feel like a failure as a professional. I'm going to feel like a failure as a parent because it's just, it becomes impossible. It, it becomes impossible because I'm trying, I, I need to be in two places at once the whole week. So does that mean, would I change anything about what would I change? What would I make a different choice? No, but that doesn't mean that that week isn't going to be stressful. Do I every time learn something? Oh, you know what? Maybe I could try this next year and I'll work a little bit better. Of course. Of course, there's always an attempt to learn from our, I don't want to say mistakes. Let's from, not call them mistakes. What right. happened from, from what did work well, I would have liked it to the previous right. time. <laughs> so what could potentially you know, work better? The next time, of course. I mean, I think everyone's always trying to, to do better. So yeah, I would change that framing. I wouldn't, I, I don't regret, you know, I don't regret my choices. I, I love being a mother. I'd say it's my greatest joy in life. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that knowing that intellectually, even feeling that isn't going to mean that I'm never going to feel stressed because of it at the same time. Good. Uh, I'm before, Kami, before you chime in, I'd like you to speak to the point of, kids at home for camp or being with kids for camp and also continuing educating. Uh, I'd like to share with both of you, the word stress is a very amazing acronym. So the, everybody, when you hear it, you think, oh, stress. So the most often people hear stress as the following, stomach turning reality, enabling self-sabotage. Kids are home from school. I need to be at the office. The, the, the pots are overflowing, and the, my the plumber that did my husband didn't do something. Ah, stomach turning reality, enabling self sabotage. We're sabotaging ourselves oftentimes. That's what stress does. So what I've helped people with, thank God, thousands, is say let's reframe as you just mentioned. Let's reframe stress as stomach turning reality. It's true. The kids are there. 
you're pulling your hair out. You're going to be at two places at once. We actually maybe four places at once. And you're not sure what to do, which takes priority, things like that. Enabling self-success. How you respond in any given situation will determine what's going to happen. So it may have been, again, I'm making this up, ladies, because you're smarter than I am. It may have been that, to say, five years ago, a situation that caused you certain level of stress doesn't cause you the same level of stress today because you have chosen to respond in a different way. Sometimes better, sometimes not, but you've chosen to respond. You hear the difference? Not react, mm -hmm. but respond. And that comes with, and I'm going to ask how you be kind enough to think about this. One of the things that I think makes our life, Orthodox Jewish, in this case, Orthodox Jewish women, help a lot, and that is Sabbath. First of all, come explain to people around the world, what is the Sabbath, and why should anybody care? Okay. Um, the Sabbath for us starts at sundown on Friday and goes till sundown on Saturday. So we have 24, 25 hours where the most important thing is connecting, connecting to God, connecting to each other, spending time with family, no electronics. So no computer, no cell phone, no washing machine, no cooking. All of that has to happen before. And when we come into the Sabbath at sundown on Friday, it's just connection time. It's time to really connect ourselves, to have that time to breathe. I always, I, I heard this line once and it was so good. The Sabbath is when you stop doing and you just be. And you really need that time to just be. And, you know, sometimes the Sabbath looks like everybody just chilling and taking it easy because we've had a really rough week and we need to spend time together as family, but not doing a lot. And other times the Sabbath is really exciting and we have friends over and we're spending time together with, you know, we go to synagogue. We do, we do a lot of things, but we're being we're spending time with the people we don't usually get to spend time with because there's so many needs and so many things on our to-do list and we're constantly rushing from one to the other and the sabbath says stop all your work is done whatever didn't happen before sundown on friday is not going to happen until after sundown on saturday so we have that time really to just connect to ourselves and our friends and our family and god and it's it's just rejuvenating so let me unpack what you have said for the benefit of hundreds of thousands of people around the world who are scratching their heads and saying, I think I heard everything she said. She spoke English, but I'm not sure I get it. So let me unpack and just say, for everybody around the world, you may have heard the term Sabbath. What Kami is describing, and Leslie, of course, is part of this, and all Orthodox Jew Jewish people, when it comes to a particular time and space, we don't necessarily unplug from the world, but we plug in to a higher place called, as Hami put it so nicely, being, being together. In other words, you have a family. How often during the tumult of the week do families sit together at either a breakfast or a dinner table for an hour, an hour and a half is almost unheard of in today's environment. I mean, again, I'm 
there are tens of thousands of people right now who are scratching their head and saying, wait a minute, Barry Shore, I love you, but are you telling me that you people, we'll use that term, you people on the Sabbath literally sit together on a table on Friday night with six, seven people, maybe inviting other people over. So you have 10, 12 people sitting at a table for an hour, an hour and a half, eating, singing songs, being together. And you're telling me you do that on the next day as well. And then, and you get to sleep and you get to revel in each other's company as well as the company of the creator and the most interesting company of all, yourself. Is that what you're telling me, Barry Shaw? Is that what Hami said? And the answer is... Yes, and here's where it gets amazing. Every single week, right? Am I correct on that, Leslie? You don't miss a week, do you? No. No, you don't say, gee, you know something, I think we'll skip it this week. And part of it is because when it's part of our DNA now, we revel in the fact that that becomes, for want of a better term, um, our place of docking, you know, we say it by computers, right? You know, the docking station and things like that. You can literally bring your ship in and have it docked and know that it's being recharged as you're doing it. Just by being, as you said, Kami, right? Just by being, you are being recharged in your physical, mental, and spiritual aspect. Is that fair to say? Yeah. That, that's beautiful. That. I mean, it, to me, it's amazing that people around the world who've heard of the Sabbath don't participate in the same way that we do. And that's why in my book called The Joy of Living, I actually devote half a chapter to urging people to do what I call go on a fast, which is to put your phone and other things away for an hour to choose and try eventually get to two hours and three hours and such. But it's a process. But thank God we have been, we have chosen to live in a way that we connect, as you said nicely, Leslie and Hami, with the Creator, God, with each other and ourselves. Leslie, would you be kind enough to speak to the point of, I'm going to give you a couple of frightening statistics. And I'd like you to speak to them because you work with a lot of women in your institute. And I don't think they fall prey to this, but there was a a disturbing article was written by a well-known author, famous person from the New York Times named David Brooks. And he was remarking about several trends that are happening in the United States vis-a-vis uh, -vis depression, uh, people not having close friends, suicide rates and things like that, that are all on the upswing. In other words, he talked about depression in youth between the ages of 12 and 17, I'd like you to speak to young people because you have children, younger children, uh, between 12 and 17, that rose 63% in the past decade. That suicide rates in the past 20 years are up 33%. And by the way, I know for a fact that young women, girls, are more prone to this than boys. It's, I cry even talking about it. It hurts so bad that people are feeling so alone, so non-connected. Most people uh, say that they don't have close friends. So I'd like both of you to speak, Leslie first. What is it like for your children and your children's friends and other families 
vis-a-vis -vis these disturbing trends. Do you see this in the Orthodox Jewish community? I, I, I assume we're not exempt entirely, but do things like the Sabbath and believing in God and, and such, do they create a, um, how should we say, not a barrier, but some sort of mechanism, a bulwark against these rising trends? Okay, so I think you need to make a distinction between mental illness and somebody feeling a little down, a little, okay, because they're, they're two very different things. Mental illness Absolutely, is, very good, very mental good. Mental illness is, is a real thing that occurs in all communities. That's not, right. that's not something that- Yeah, you, <laughs> right. So Doesn't matter how long your payers are. <laughs> right, I mean, you're talking, because you mentioned people feeling depressed. So I think there's the need to just make that distinction between like it's clinical depression and between like, you know, well, we know, just being down in the dumps. Feeling I don't depressed. know. Feeling depressed. Feeling depressed and, and being depressed. depressed. Right. So let's just make that distinction. So we're talking yep. about people who who feel depressed. So I do think there is something. What what Hami was mentioning that being in a community where everybody is Sabbath observant and in, within our faith community. I mean, I think we're all members of multiple communities, but talking about our faith community, um, where where people are Sabbath observant. So. There is, that is an opportunity. I mean, that, that really is like sometimes the only time I see my friends or talk to my friends because, it, you know, everyone's busy during the week. But again, but on the Sabbath, that's when everyone's kind of got time and, and things to do. And like I said, people gather for meals. Um, I have found that I'll get together with my friends during the week and everybody has one has their phone in their hand. Oh, yeah, they was sitting around and talking to each other, but we're also checking our phones. But when you get together, on Sabbath, no one has their phones. So everyone is actually looking at each other and not half paying attention and half, but is something more interesting happening on my phone. I, I would just add, it's not just the phones, although the phones are a huge issue. I think we all know that Yeah, as much, and we're part of that issue. But I think besides the phones, it's also, there's, especially when you have a large family, this one needs to run to carpool so I can yes. only get together with my friend until four yeah. o'clock and at four o'clock I'm running out here. And this one has a doctor appointment and this one, there's so many pulls on our time. And then when the Sabbath comes, all those go away except for connection, except for spending time with the people we love, except for right. really enjoying and being who we are. And I think that's, that's what we get out of the Sabbath. Is right, and, and right, we try to, we actually try to do family dinner every night yeah, but we, we try to do it every night but you know tuesdays my daughter has a dance and thursday yeah, i was going to say that i know what we try, i know what people try and, to do and, how, how um, often does it happen during the week that the family sits together right i mean uh, it, for us it happens most a nights a couple of nights yeah but it might be it might be 20 as you pointed out the length of time right the length of the meals are a lot shorter they're on sabbath we make special food we set right. a table with beautiful dishes it's like all the things we really want to be doing all the time, we do. We're able to do on the Sabbath. You know, right, I, so I know this is great, let, let's hold right here because we have sponsors and they love sponsoring us because that helps the show grow. So we'll be right back, everybody, because you are. I know people just loving this. Thank you, Hami and Leslie. Be right back. These two brief messages don't go away. Hi, everybody. Barry Shaw here, the ambassador of joy. We've entered into the fall season, and fall means coming up to winter. Holidays, all kinds of stuff, not just stuff, stress, S-T-R-E-S-S. -S. 
You know, I've spoken about stress many times on the show. And with stress coming on with the holiday season, everybody wants to be happy and such, but everybody knows what's going on. I want to talk to you about something really important for your benefit. It's called Talk Space, T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E, TalkSpace.com. This is an online therapy program, show, website, and it's available for you. It is so important for you to be involved. You all know my story. Standing up in the morning, hail and hearty in the evening, quadriplegic. Okay, nobody has to go through something that drastic to know that speaking to somebody, a professional licensed therapist, can be of benefit. I know. It's true. It helped me. It can help you. This is so easy to do. You are talking about secure, professional process. It's the number one online therapy platform in the country. It works around your schedule, your convenience. I urge you, please, match yourself with a licensed therapist. Go to TalkSpace.com, T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E, TalkSpace.com. Get $100 off your first month with the promo code Barry. B-A-R-R-Y. Go to TalkSpace.com, put in the promo code Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, and you'll get $100 off your first month. Please do it. You'll thank me. Best wishes. Bye now. Imagine the kind of place you would want to shop for your favorite fur baby pet. Honest Pets.co. Well, you found it. Honestpets.co. Not .com, .co. This is your go-to spot for the best, the cleanest pet treats that exist anywhere on the planet. All of the brands go through a rigorous review to make sure they meet the high standards of cleanliness, health benefits, and naturalness. This site was started by a husband and wife team, and it's veteran-owned, and that care about pets, especially dogs and cats, and coming soon, bird treats. These are very nice young people who really care about making a difference because a portion of proceeds go to support veteran organizations with a focus on service dogs. This is the place where you want to go. You want to tell your friends this has the finest, yummiest, freshest, all-natural treats and stuff for your fur baby. So go there, honestpets.co honestpets.co do it now good day beautiful bountiful beloved immortal beings and good looking people remember you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good we have good overflowing and abundance double amount of good today with two remarkable women tommy haber and leslie ginsburg klein Mouthful. Thank you, ladies. Both remarkably accomplished women, mothers, wives, educators, between them, 10 children. <laughs> Again, which blows most people's minds. And we're talking about saving our society because the, the trends in modern day America, unfortunately, are turning towards a negative path and especially affecting younger people. I mean, under the age of 20, 21, uh, mostly teenagers. You've been helping us understand that something called the Sabbath, which you celebrate every single week, 
for a period of some 24, 25 hours is helping you, particularly you two and your families and those you know, in like you said, in our faith-based community, to find a way of refreshing life and doing it in a way, as Hami emphasized, about connecting, connecting to each other, connecting to God, however you term that, and connecting to oneself, which, of course, in my humble opinion, is the most productive process that anybody could ever be involved with. Because when you feel comfortable with yourself, can you be a benefit to others? Yes, Leslie. I was just going to say, don't also underestimate the gift of 24 plus hours with no access to social media. Wow! I everybody around the around the world right now is going da, 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 da. not possible. Twenty four hours without social media. There are times when I shut my phone off. I have such a feeling of joy because I've spent a week <laughs> doom scrolling about whatever catastrophe has been happening this week, and you know, or something happened on social. You know, I'm, I posted something on social media, and and it's taking up the comments, and you know. Right goes a little it's, viral it's, and all of a sudden it takes over your whole week. And finally it's like, oh my goodness, I can put this away. And, and nobody from work can reach me. Everyone knows I'm not reaching Right, and, and not even have to think about it. You will not. Right. Yeah, really, it is, right. I want to emphasize. There's no guilt. Things. There's also no guilt of like, oh, I really should be working on this now. I should be working on that now. There's no guilt. I can read for pleasure and not feel guilty about it. So this is wonderful. I also want to make mention that it's not as if, what we're doing is building walls like a castle and raising the drawbridge and have a moat around it and saying, no, we're ensconced here and you can't get it. It's, uh, it's the opposite. We are expanding our consciousness. We're growing in life because we don't have these chains of social media of attention necessary. The uh, attention deficit disorder is really that. We have really now attention in, uh, surplus order. But I wanna ask a question that is on lots of people's minds. So let's be blunt. You're both adults, wonderful, beautiful adults, and you appreciate the preciousness of this time. Let's talk about kids, teenagers, do they find it also precious or do they find it stifling? So my kids are younger, so Hani can really speak to teenagers more than me. So my kids my kids love the Sabbath because that when else does like mommy have time to play Settlers of Catan? You know, we play it. We're we're big game people. So we very often um you know, playing Settlers, Ticket to Ride, very into Azul. That is a great game that just came out relatively recently. So th that's a time when we can sit around and, and do stuff together that who has time for during the week between okay, home. Okay, so that, that's home good, but that speaks, to, that speaks to younger kids. But yeah. let me ask, Hami, you have teenagers, but I would like both of you to reflect back when you were teenagers. So first, Hami, you have teenagers. Do they feel, and uh, maybe they don't tell you, maybe you know, or maybe you, if it's not your kids, your kids have friends. Do they feel stifled by the beautiful, bountiful 25 hours of Shabbos or, or Sabbath, or do they feel in any way that it it is 
curtailing their abilities. So let me tell you a story. When my oldest daughter was two years old, no, she must have been like four years old. That's when we start saying, oh, that toy makes music. So we're not going to use that on the Sabbath because it's electric. Or, you know, oh, you want to color? You know, we don't color on the Sabbath. And I was finding there were too many things I was starting to introduce to her. Not in a, we don't do that way because I don't do that. But there were just too many limitations. And I, without her saying anything, because she was four, I started feeling like there was too much negativity and too many limitations on what she wants to do. So we went to Toys R Us. Remember Toys R Us? <laughs> that we, was very funny, Kami. She went to something called a toy store. Matter of fact, people may not even know what a toy store is anymore. She didn't go online, but she went to a physical place where they actually sold things. Yes. And we picked out Sabbath toys that not only were they allowed on the Sabbath because they weren't electric and they, they were within the, the rules, the boundaries of the Sabbath, but we didn't play with them on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that way, before the Sabbath started, we would put away anything with batteries in it and we would take out these really cool toys that she loved. And she would ask me, she would beg on Wednesday, please, 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 can I play with my Sabbath toys? Nope, those are only for Sabbath. So what that did, and I'll, I'll get to her as a teenager in a minute, but what that did is it made the Sabbath special because the Sabbath is not about what we don't do. It's about clearing all that stuff out of the way so we can focus on what we do want. So we got to do the same thing with our teens. And if there's a lot of requirements and a lot of we don't do, then yeah, they'll be resentful. But if we can make the Sabbath special, like Leslie said, that's when you spend time with them more than during during the the week that's what you know they get we wear different clothing on the sabbath so we don't wear our you know regular weekday jeans and t-shirts we put on nicer clothing so for a teenage girl being able to go shopping with a bigger budget than usual and having special pretty clothing and putting on makeup and <laughs> that's all part of the sabbath so it's we try to make it about what we do and what's special special food okay so my boys like beef most maybe a lot, my boys really want beef. I'm not doing beef all week long, but on Sabbath, we'll have a brisket. So we're just trying to find the things that will give those teens, the little children and the big children and the very big children like us, the, the joy of the Sabbath, whatever right. makes them happy. If they like to read, let them read on the Sabbath. If they like to hang out with their friends, let them hang out with their friends on the Sabbath. You asked about when I was a teen, my friends and I would walk to the nursing home and sing for the residents. That was our Sabbath thing. But we felt so special. We were celebrities in there. We walked into the, the local nursing, it was a Jewish nursing home. And we walked in and we said, good Shabbos, which is how we say happy Sabbath. And the residents lit up and they loved us. There was no other place in my life where I had so many people who were crazy about me and happy to see me. So that's how, that's what I did when I was a teen, but that was my jam. You know, and then we sat around in their cafe and talked for hours. hours Imagine hours. that people talk. So, Leslie, do you have a similar story when you were a teenager? No, I was not nearly that righteous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. I was reading novels and hanging out with friends. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always. Yeah, <laughs> I. I always. I always loved it. 
I loved it. And one of the one of the smartest moves that I made in graduate school was the decision I wouldn't I would not read for school on the Sabbath, even though technically I could, but I made the decision not to. And I, I do I do think that helped keep me sane throughout graduate school. So this is so enlightening. And I mean it both in terms of expanding the mind and lighting up the world with what you're doing. And because I think both of nothing, I'm, I'm telling everybody, what you've done is you've opened up a vista. That's number one. Number two, both of you have used similar terms in that presenting this time as a time of joy, of reframing, and making sure that the mindset is there for growth so that as I said, this the dystopian trends in America for younger people, 12 to 17, of uh, feeling depressed. And again, your point, Leslie, is, is important and must be restated. Where there's a distinction between mental health, you know, let's say, uh, that needs medicines, even you know, real issues, and people feeling depressed or lethargic or confused, which is what most people are when they say they're depressed. They're not really medic, uh, you know, from the point of view of of uh, a prescription, depressed. But there's enough of that kind of feeling in the the world that doesn't have a Sabbath, or a time that is allowed to be special in people's lives. Are the lives of in America today are no day is different than any other, and when you have that. You can't help but be stressed in the negative sense, you know, self-sabotage. It's very hard because you're not disconnecting from social media. You can never be turned off, and therefore you can never be turned on. You'll you just become uh, an automaton. Like you mentioned, Leslie, I saw you doing You know, you keep scrolling because, let's be blunt, it is addictive. I'm human. We do it. Yeah, yeah, you have to catch yourself after a few minutes. And say, what am I doing? And then respond. And again, for us, thank God, we don't just have an island. We have a place that is welcoming. Hami, I'll use your words. You walked in with your friends to the old age home. And these are people who are so happy to see you. Imagine everybody who's listening. Hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And I urge everybody to share this with five people so we'll touch a million and a half people, God willing. Imagine walking into your home and your family is saying, yeah, you're home. What a pleasure to see you. What a rush. What a feeling of connecting. What a feeling of joy. Joy, we have several acronyms for. One is Journey of you. That's really what joy is all about, right? Journey of you. Becoming the best you possible. Isn't it true? And the other is generating ongoing youth. Now, I see Leslie right away saying, uh, Mr. Shore, generating is not spelled with a J. It's a G-E. <laughs> okay. However, think expansively. Use the sound. Generating ongoing youth. That's what joy really is in our world we call it simcha, the idea to literally live in joy daily, no matter the circumstances. So what I'm going to do now is ask you a couple of questions. 
And then we're going to imagine the time goes by so fast. My first question is, will you come back again? Sure, of course. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. And the other thing is, I'm going to do something that's a little bit odd for you, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to give you a, um, a religious hug over the internet in front of hundreds of thousands of people. You ready? First, I'm going to tell you what hug stands for. You have to say, are you accepting it? Yes, sure. Okay. So I'll tell you what hug stands for, because you mentioned Nakami. The one word description of the joy of living is one word, giving. 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 Going to an old age home and singing. Wow. Finding a venue where you can become a giver. That's life. So hug stands for harmonizing unlimited giving. Harmonizing unlimited giving. So here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you both so much. And every, again, everybody want to learn more about these two amazing beings, just go to barryshore.com and you'll find all the information there. Remember, you've been, you, tuned, you, tuned, you tuned in consciously and conscientiously to the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore. And you tuned in because you cared the most in the world about you becoming the best you possible. On this show, we talk about the three fundamentals of life. Number one, life. Your life is purpose. You lead a purpose-driven life like these two wonderful women and you go mad. You make a difference like these two women. And the third thing is to uncover the secrets and the power of everyday words and terms like www what a wonderful world smile seeing miracles in life every day as my eight-year-old niece says seeing miracles in everyday life create the kind of world you want to live in causing rethinking reframing enabling all to excel use four-letter words like love life grow hope swim pray play gift that's what the Sabbath is, a gift. Being, make it a gift to you. If you can't do 25 hours, do an hour. Do something to be. And use, tell everybody in the world, F you, capital N, capital N. You got to add that right away. And use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day, consciously and conscientiously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to harmonize and network kindness. And the result is you will be happier healthier and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? So our blessing from Hami and Leslie and Barry, our blessing to you is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad, go make a difference. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends too. See you on the next episode.